I knew so little about this. I, I'll be honest, I expected more birds because I know what the cage bird <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite reading podcast, That Pretentious Book Club. I almost went into my intro for the Scripturian Society, our sister <laughs> podcast. I was like, what is this? I was like, wow, we never described ourselves as a reading, podcast, a reading podcast, but we are. Yeah, um, we are that thing. Uh, that over there is your host, <laughs> Dr. Spoons Palermo. Hi, howdy. Uh, over there is Ash O'Rourke, but you can call her Wheezy. It ain't easy being Wheezy. And also, that's Kendall, by the way, too. I just introduced you by your nickname. But if you wanted oh. her, her real person name, it is Kendall. I can't imagine why you My real person that. name. It's like that part in Avengers where... Um, yes, oh Spider-Man. God. Peter Parker. Oh yeah, yes. and he's like, oh, we're using our fake names. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Behind me is... Uh, Jucifer, for anyone who has video on this, she is sitting on the table, which she should not be doing. Get down, girl. My juicy. You know what? She just walks away with her little nun We're not going to do it. It's so funny. It's, um, it's a uphill battle. Yeah. (laughs) I'll never win. Uh, You cannot win against cats. There is absolutely no winning against cats, because even if you think that they have decided to acquiesce on something... They haven't. They haven't. Or they're just going to make up for it by being really, really bad in a new way. So there's absolutely oh, yeah. no winning. It's horrible. But um, No, it's fine. If you guys don't want to hear our nonsense and chatter and you just want to hear about the book for this episode, you guys can go to the description below of the episode and you guys can use the skip notes. Go to that time code. That's when the actual more focused, not completely because we can't really do that. It's not in our makeup, but the, <laughs> the more marginally fo- more focused, the marginally more focused conversation about the book of this episode is. And look at that. I did it within like the first three minutes. You guys are welcome. Yeah, that was crazy. Haters that wanted to hate, they came ready to hate. I will probably give you a reason to do so, but I haven't done it yet. So. Just hold off hold for off. a bit. Yeah. You know, you'll figure. <laughs> I'm also like a cat. You never really win with me, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm gonna open this. Ooh, okay. ASMR. That was some ASMR. What are you drinking? <gasps> this is a strawberry white claw. Ooh, I yes. got a strawberry guava hard seltzer topo chicos, and they are delicious. Although right now I'm having, uh, and they're only like 100 calories and very low sugar, which is why I got them. But right now I'm having Mm -hmm. a full sugar blueberry margarita and it is delicious. Oh, that looks Mm -hmm. yummy. Gloria's blueberry margarita is where it's at. It's like the best Mm. like pre-made margarita thing ever. It is margarita wine technically, but it's amazing. I don't know if I've ever had blueberry margarita. Dude, it's so good. And also I got back today and my mom's lips were blue and I was like, how you doing, mom? And she's like, I looked in the mirror and thought I was dying because my lips had turned blue. And then I remembered it's because I was drinking blueberry wine. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's really that cute. That was adorable. But uh, anyways, Spoons, my waifu, how has your week been? Weeks, uh, I miss you. Um, yeah, I know. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not week... based on D&D, but based on Right, we do see each D&D. other still, but... Yeah. For people who are, are, for the listening audience, you know, it's been a bit. Yes. Because we recorded our last one like four weeks ago. Yeah, we were like really ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, It's been good. Uh, Big announcement. I got a new job. 
for the listening audience. So yeah, Wonderful. that's exciting. It's so exciting. I start on Monday. It's so exciting. It's gonna be. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous, <laughs> but you know. You so got this. It's fine. I'm so jazzed for you. I'm so excited. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and what else? So honestly, I've been kind of like vacation mode because I my internship finished. So like this week, I didn't really do anything Hell except yeah. for I worked the last two Fridays, uh-huh. but. Other than that, I was kind of like working on my book and like nice. going and hanging out with Haley in town and stuff like that. Oh, so it was fun. pretty good. I'm so glad for you. Um, God, I love a good vacation thanks. week. Yeah. So yeah, I'm feeling very excited about my life, but I'm also <laughs> like so low key about it. I'm like, mm, I guess things are good. You know, I, I don't know. It's hard to. Very well for me. <laughs> Sometimes whenever things are actually good, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, this is what I wanted from before. You know what I mean? Uh Yeah. But yeah. Oh, also, I started rewatching Lost with Haley. I keep almost starting a rewatch on that. But honestly, that show is so freaking intense. I was like, I almost didn't make it through the first time. I don't know if I can do a rewatch. (laughs) I love it so much. I pretty exclusively rewatch shows that are not intense on purpose. Yeah. Lost is like... You kind of have to pay attention even if you're rewatching, I yes. feel. Because it's like, oh, so confusing. it just sucks you right in, yeah, you know? Yeah, it does. So. And I hated the ending. I know everyone had, like, <laughs> such big feelings about it. But I didn't hear enough people saying that they hated it. I hated it. Really? I think everybody hated Did it. Did they? I just heard. I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was people. Fine. Maybe it was just that people were, like, really into having, like, intelligent discourse about it. Like, when it <laughs> came out. like, I don't want discourse. I was like, absolutely not. We're just all going to agree that, that we hate it and that it didn't happen. And we're going to create a new ending for it. And How would you want it to end? Not like that. Oh, spoilers, know, for spoilers for Lost. Spoilers for Lost. Well, let's see. Um. Uh, I wouldn't want them to have all been dead the whole time. They weren't all dead the whole time. That's the they thing. They were largely People, dead. No, they all died at different times. But at the end, it was like everyone came together in the afterlife. Hated it. It was the whole it was thing. Horrible. No, no, no. I think you need to. Everything that. that happened then in the quote unquote afterlife didn't actually happen. Well, not for like season five. But at the on the island, yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, which is this. I take issue with the last season, the entire last season. I take the massive season... issue with. <laughs> okay, massive valid, issue. Valid. I, 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 it was seasons five and six are not my favorite. I agree with you there. Thank you, thank you for the agreement. <laughs> I already knew I was correct. I think but thank you. Season... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I think seasons one through three are like golden age lost. I agree. But surprisingly, I love season four. I don't remember I thought it, it was that really well. fun. I remember I really liked the first There's few seasons. There's a lot of like Sawyer and Juliet being cute in season four. That's so pretty, I was into that's that. That's pretty but. adorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was really into Evangeline Lilly's character. Oh, uh, love yeah, her. And every time her backstory would come up and people would be like horrified, I'd be like, What's so shocking about that? I like she did nothing wrong. I'm like no. I was like exactly. I was kind of like and what? So what? What's the drama here? Like, I didn't really. You're like okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna. You didn't need something else to show. Like is me, this right? the worst thing going on really right now? <laughs> oh, God. The funny thing about that show is that everyone is so messed up. Like, it's hard to even pick who has the worst it's backstory. It's true. It's like it's all terrible. Really? Like, when you think about everyone who's on, like, a plane ride with you and you think about Elle's backstory, mm-hmm. that's like, 
Is it possible, like, that all of the survivors of a plane wreck would be the ones with the worst backstories? <laughs> or does everybody well, have a much worse backstory than I'm thinking that they do? I mean, I don't think See, mine. That's a good question. But I don't think mine can compare to theirs either. But if you picked out, like, the worst five scenes of your life and put them into a backstory for that's true. your episode, it, could be worse. it also might seem bad. That's true. It could, it could be much more you know? dramatic. That's very, very true. But also, wait, now I'm like, see, this is the thing. Maybe I I need to rewatch. Well, I am. But I also, like, sometimes I'll be like, no, I understood the ending. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, wait a second. So did everyone get I have to. This I is what I'm remember. talking about, like, though. Was everyone magnet? Everybody like, just talks about the ending. for a reason? Nobody knows. Nobody. <laughs> the ending. I think what I wanted was, like, especially when we came to the last two seasons, they were so freaking weird. I was like, I want clarification. And then the way that they ended it. <laughs> It just resulted in a million more questions and offered no clarification. And I was like, I'm furious. I expected at least some sort of revolution. Revolution. Like, resolution. Revolution. Revolution. Haley, the last revolution. Storming the ABC studios for Secret Season 7. Slap down a bunch of screenplays and I'm like, this is actually the last season. We're redoing it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get everyone back. <laughs> I get leaving some things open-ended because it's artistic and makes a statement. But they did not answer a single one of my questions. And they just posed a bunch of new ones that I wasn't even asking myself the whole time. <laughs> I wasn't even wondering about this. <laughs> I will say that re-watching it, I'm surprised by how some things that I remember from the later seasons being like, whoa, where did this come mm-hmm. from? Are literally foreshadowed in the first couple episodes of the show. I love when I was the rewatching them. I was like, "Wait, what? Yeah. I cannot believe they had that figured out already." It's crazy, but not everything. No, I think some things they planned out, and some things they were like, "This is the seat of our pants." Yeah, but like you know, the ending. <laughs> not the whole, thing. the whole, and the whole last two seasons. <laughs> no, that's what I'm talking. Nah. No, whatever. The, the really good what? writers just quit, and they were like, "We gotta hire some new people." Stat, and they were like, "Hey, you have you ever seen Lost?" And they're like, "I've heard of it." And they were like, "Perfect. We need you to write the ending." <laughs> Ash unequivocally dislikes the ending of Lost. Everyone unequivocally are just now turning it, tuning yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, wait, what was I gonna say about I'm Lost? Sorry, sorry Lost. you're rewatching it. I'm, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, it wasn't that. It was I was gonna be funny, but now I can't remember. Oh, I'm mm, sorry. That's fine. I was I was playing off of something you said and then it was me who couldn't remember. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Well, your hair is doing a really cute, like flippy uppy thing at the end and it's adorable. Aww, thanks, buddy. I used to be extremely jealous of girls with straight hair for so many, many reasons. But one of the primary reasons was that they could do the flippy uppy thing at the under their hair and I could never do that. And I just thought you wanted it was it to do a little I really did. See, I, always... I thought it was the cutest thing in the world. I I don't do anything to it. It just, it just does, does that. that. But it's like when I was younger, I didn't like it as much because I thought it made me look dorky. But now I don't really care what my hair does. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I feel (laughs) that too. I kind of lost interest in that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, whatever. It'll do what it's going to do. Yeah. Aside from the color of my hair, I completely agree. I'm like, whatever happens, happens now. So, like, like, yeah, seriously. I literally like, like, will cut my hair because I cut my own hair because I don't want to go pay a bunch of money for a haircut I don't care about. I'll cut it. I'll look in the mirror uh and go, not great. 
And then I won't think about it again until it's time to cut my hair again because I don't <laughs> care. That is literally me. Same. No, I still don't care. Oh, that's hysterical. I'm like, well, you know, it'll grow back. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Like of all of my concerns, this is the least. <laughs> I just don't have the patience to like do anything to mm-hmm. it. I'm like, this is just what it looks like, and it's fine. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I'm glad that I've gotten gained some apathy towards that because when I was younger, it was a whole thing. I'm also glad. I can't count the number of days I came home crying from school because I had curly hair and all the other girls had straight hair. Aww. And I, they were really mean about it, too. And the boys made fun of me for it a lot. So I wasn't just like I inherently was like, wow, my hair's ugly. So many kids were just so mean about it. So I definitely came home crying a lot from it. Kids will just find, like, the dumbest things ever to decide to be mean about. I know. because <laughs> You're like, at least pick something out. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm dumb or and something. Then I don't, Not that you're dumb, wow. but, you know. Now I'm wondering. So there was, I don't know why, but when I was in third or fourth grade, all of the boys in my class started baying at me like sheep, and they did it all year long. And <gasps> Because you had curly hair. I'm thinking that's why. And this literally until just now, I was like, why the hell did they do that? And I never understood it. This would just made me mad and also Aww. upset because I was I knew I was being teased, but I didn't understand it. But yeah, you're like, I don't I, I can't even retaliate because <laughs> I, I don't, don't know, know what's what going about. on. It must have been the curly hair thing because I had no idea. And one I, day I found like a little plastic sheep with a little ribbon on it that said bad on my desk. And I just remember being so upset. I was just like not even angry because I was a lot more sensitive back then. So I was just like uh-huh. so deeply upset about it. Wow, they went through all the trouble to get you a figurine yeah just for the joke. just for the joke that's and dedication. i have my suspicions i think it was quran quran if you're out there i think it was you i know it was you. <laughs> we know it was you <laughs> oh god and he's a call out for us for quran <laughs> he had the energy of someone who would be a really great stand-up comedian as a grown-up which meant they were just an uh-huh. asshole as a kid <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is about right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Ash. I think your hair is beautiful. Thank you. I'm definitely at the point where I do like that it's curly and I don't care about the specifics of it whatsoever. (laughs) That's good. Like it's attached to my head. That's the best case scenario. (laughs) It's, yeah. Yeah. Not worried. That's funny. Love that. Anything else from your week, from your your fun vacay, lost rewatch week? Mm, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Nothing that everyone needs to know about, I guess. Oh, I've been corresponding with a lovely listener. Oh. Um, on the gram. Oh, what? Which one? Yeah. Hi, lovely listener. I have not um, seen your her messages. name is Grace. Hi, Grace. Oh, uh, sorry. We're we're private messaging. Oh, wow. Because... Okay, I was wondering because I was like, I haven't seen any of these. I see how it is. Okay, Grace, I understand. No, Grace, you should message um, <laughs> Ash too because we've been talking about the selection. Oh, I have opinions on the selection. And yeah, Grace, Ash loves the selection too. You I do. I do. Well. I, I couldn't stop. It was not the series I thought I would like, but I literally went home and bought <laughs> the last two ebooks because I had to finish it that day, which I did not expect to happen to me at all. But that's okay. You guys can keep your private conversation. I don't. I don't mean to. No, no. It, I love it. I, was just... I love when like listeners like get into like long conversations with us. I'm like, oh. I know so it's nice. so sweet. Yeah. yeah, that was just me uh, shouting, shouting at my friend. And then, yeah, if y'all ever have any, we cover a book where you're like, I have opinions on that. Just message Love us because it. we're really 
I mean, we are busy, but yeah. <laughs> I will take any time to talk to people on I know. about books. I'm also busy, <laughs> but I will still read your message. And I will usually reply quickly with like a, hey, this is great. I'll get back to you with a longer response as soon as I have time. Yeah. Or I will just procrastinate on the other things I'm supposed to be doing. And I'll just send you whatever response I wanted to send <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. yeah. If you two That's hated good that you the do last that. season of Lost, I want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, talk to Ash. And then if you thought it was all right, but, you know, middle of the road, message yeah. me. Yeah. And if you really liked She's... it, get out of the pot. I'm just kidding. That's not <laughs> nice. But I... Why do you? Everyone, message me your favorite Lost character because I have a lot of opinions. And most of them are, if you tell me what they are, I'd be like, oh, yeah, me too. I love them. <laughs> now that I'm rewatching it, I'm like, I like everybody. Actually. I really liked Claire. <laughs> and I really liked. Claire is my favorite this time I'm around. I'm not surprised. Love her. Um, my favorite the first time around was Kate, right? That was Evangeline Lilly, right? Yes. I'm having a moment yes, where I was like, Kate. wait, do I not know her name? Because that, that was, <laughs> that character was what made me be like, wait, is Evangeline Lilly amazing? Yes, she is. She's badass and she adorable. She's so hot. She's so hot. She's adorable. Anyway, okay, so I'm a huge Kate fan of her. Kate was like my queen. Oh, my God. I loved Kate. I really... I still love Kate. I really liked her because I really related to her energy. And I was like, cool, Kate is Kate is the me. Because, you know, like you have a character that you kind of relate to, and then you have a character that you, like, admire, kind of. And Claire was the one yes. I admired, admired. I was like, Claire is definitely a way yeah. better person than me. And she's Claire really cool. Claire is an angel. She is, yeah. She is cool. She was so funny. I just watched an episode where she, like... She and Kate were doing something together, and I was like, oh, so cute. They're such cute friends. Aww. But she was like, are you a Gemini? In her little Australian <laughs> so accent. Cute. And Kate was like, yeah, I am. And she was like, I knew it. I love astrology. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, you're the cutest ever. That's so and, like, cute. like her big sun hat on the beach. That's I was adorable. like, adorable. Oh. You make a plane crash look cute, honey. She does. Claire so does make. Them. She does. And she makes being deserted on an island trying to survive while everyone around you is dying. She made that look she, cute, too. Somehow made being eight months pregnant on a deserted island, haunted deserted island yeah. after a plane crash look cute. Yeah. And you know what? That's not hard. That's not easy to do. No. Yeah. Also, I love Saeed. Saeed <gasps> is my number one king. Dude, I had such a crush on Saeed. He is so hot. He's so and hot. And he's so... It's it's the capability. So it is That's 100%. It is. Saeed was my ultimate... He was my all-time crush. And then Sawyer was my yes. sometimes crush. Okay, I pegged you for a Sawyer. Girl. Yes, I, I. He was a like an eighty percent of my time crush. Said was a hundred percent. Jack was like a five percent. I was like, yeah, you're a stick in the mud. Stop being obnoxious. <laughs> Stop creating all your own problems and taking it out on other people. <laughs> Dang. Wait, how come we haven't ever talked about loss before? I don't know. <laughs> okay, sorry, listeners. You probably don't. This care. is now. I'm lost gonna come corner. over and we're just gonna talk about. Lost. We're gonna have a lost okay. rewatch podcast. Last, <gasps> I would actually oh, have would so totally much to say. I would have so much I would to say. Absolutely, do that. We could do Can that. We, do we that? could do that. We could just not do it on a schedule. We could just do it whenever we want. Whenever we want, and it'd be so much easier than a book podcast. That's very you true. Watch you guys, should we do a Lost rewatch podcast? Would that yeah, make you happy? Okay. They're like, no. They're like, we do not come here for Lost. But if you would follow us to a Lost Rewatch podcast, uh, send us a message on Instagram. Yes, please do. Because now I'm considering this. Or email us. That would be great. It'll be completely unedited. We can make it explicit so I don't have to edit anything out. It'll just be (laughs) what it is. It would just be whatever. We would just talk about the episode. Yeah, you guys can expect about as much focus there as you get here. So do keep that Mm -hmm. in mind. 
Um, because we have to stay on brand, of course, <laughs> with our personalities. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It would, I'm not There would be like <laughs> so much less prep. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so fun. I'm down. Okay. That would be the only way that I would rewatch Lost again, probably, to be honest. Because <laughs> I'd get mad and have no one to talk to otherwise, just sitting here just like getting mad at the Lost episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they wouldn't even have to be long episodes. We could just do whatever. Like, yeah. all right. We don't have a lot to say on this one. Okay, moving on. We can literally just like be like, hi, guys. This is the Lost Rewatch podcast. This episode was all right. That's the end of this episode. <laughs> Okay, join us next time <laughs> on the Lost Rewatch podcast. There has got to be so many like cute little names that we could do for that, you know? Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna be brainstorming as soon as we get off this call. Fantastic! Like, I'm like kind of serious. I'm also this. kind of serious about this. I think we could do this. Oh my god, it's nice because totally we do it. we haven't like promised we haven't promised to deliver on anything specific or a specific timeline so we can do whatever fact, we want we're probably underselling <laughs> how much we would be into it we're like yeah whatever that's exactly right we're definitely <laughs> but i know that it. if i was doing a pot a lost rewatch podcast i would go crazy yeah i'm also like, just thinking now i can't believe that you don't already have some form of like media review podcast because i mean after your your Keanathon, that was what like a year I, <laughs> Logan and I were talking about doing, uh, like, doing a like Keanuthon again, and then just watching, like, doing an episode per movie. Oh my gosh! But see, podcasts like that already exist, but they never finished the one that I was listening to. They never finished their Keanuthon, so I'm like, listen, I could do two Keanuthons in the time it takes you to do one. That is so. hilarious. Maybe you should. Maybe that's your Honestly, calling. Maybe I should. Not clearly, not many people can. I definitely couldn't. <laughs> I was going through a specific type of mania or something. I don't know. It was 2020. For like a year. Everyone was and you're insane. like, hmm, I'm feeling the mania again. I think I'll do it again. I was seriously hmm, feeling restless and <laughs> like I want a goal, but that isn't stressful. I guess I'll do that. I get that. Uh, anyway, should we talk about the book? Yeah, let's do it. So this episode, we are talking about I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. She's mm-hmm. dancing, if you guys yeah, aren't yeah, watching the yeah. video. Um, which, by the way, our videos, I believe, are all actually openly available on YouTube now and on Patreon, even if you're not subscribed. So Sweet. Yeah, congratulations to everyone. You're welcome for the gift of our faces. <laughs> see these faces. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so, question, first off. Mm-hmm. Did you mm-hmm. have to read this book in school? I did not. That's Neither why I, I wanted to read it for the pod, because... Mm-hmm. I was like, this is an American classic. Yep. How come I've never read I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings? Yep. Plus, my mom read it last year and was like, it's so good. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm really missing out. And, of course, I so grew up, I yeah, like, it. hearing about it and stuff, but also never had to read it for school. What yeah. was your – I think it makes sense to do first impressions before we actually yeah, talk about let's the book. So what was your first impression of I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings before reading? First impression was – um, I don't know. I guess that. I, I've always known about it, I guess. I was like – I know it's like a coming of age autobiography. Oh, that's all I you knew. You knew more than I knew. <laughs> I didn't know it was a coming and I of knew age or autobiography. Maya Angelou wrote it, mm-hmm. and there's also a poem. Yes, and those are the things I knew about it. Yeah, I knew the latter too. I knew that it was by Maya Angelou, and I knew that she's like big news and like extremely talented. <laughs> she's big. She's news. big news, <laughs> and uh, I knew that it was a book about. Like the experience of a young black girl, I didn't know that it was an autobiography, which was shocking, mm, horrifying, yes. and then very admirable. 
uh, in that order, I think, to be honest. <laughs> this yeah. book was actually pretty stressful, um, but not in a bad way, um, except for part of it, which was not the writing, the fault of the writing. It was just, wow, her life No, was great hard. writing, but yeah, yeah some of it Some is of her life was very difficult as a young child. And I hate when someone has a hard life, especially as like a really young child, because it just, I'm oh, like, no. you just, life happened at you into you and you just couldn't you just had to deal yeah there's nothing you can do really (laughs) yeah exactly so that was a bummer but honestly before that I knew so little about this um that I had this I'll be honest I expected more birds because I know what the case (laughs) like a shocking lack of birds (laughs) I didn't expect like a lot of birds you know just like (laughs) I thought Maybe there'd one. be like a reference to a bird, you know, somewhere. <laughs> thinking there, there, somewhere in the book is a bird. I thought there'd be no. a bird. Maybe a bird in a cage. <laughs> no, yeah. there was a, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I still think that the title of the book is still totally good. But I was surprised, and I think I'd also had a very like specific <laughs> image in my head because you remember that Disney movie that came out where there was that. Um, I think it was about. Um, it was about like apartheid or apartheid in uh, I've never known actually how to say that in South Africa. Apartheid. Apartheid. Yeah. So did I say I yeah. said it wrong both times because I never say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> apartheid. That's horrifying. I'm really sorry, everybody. But for people who don't know, have only read it, maybe they were thinking it your way too. <laughs> so this is yeah. Helpful, so if you if you've only ever read the word apartheid, um, and you mm-hmm. and or you've just simply never said it out loud, so your mouth has never formed the syllables, because <laughs> I certainly hadn't. Um, there is a Disney movie that is, I believe it takes place like during or just after apartheid or that has, it's supposed to, that's supposed to be like the idea, like a representation of that. And remember like there's like, there's a black girl and a white girl and they end up like living in the same house and there's a bird in a cage. I have never seen this movie. You guys back me up listeners. I think it was a Disney movie. I'm pretty sure it was. And it was like a really cute like friendshipy Disney movie, but it was like, you know, like one of the older Disney originals. So uh-huh. like back when the movies were more like like a movie that you would run at Blockbuster, not like a, a movie uh-huh. for just the kitties, which is more we're been skewing more that way. This was long. Yeah. This was this was not then. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I don't remember what it was called, but um it was, I remember thinking it was an amazing movie, and I really liked it. And also, there was a bird in a cage in at least one scene. And so in my head, <laughs> so you, your brain was, I was like, like going to be like that. I was like, diversity, <laughs> oppression, birds. I know exactly <laughs> what this book is about. I've seen a movie. I'm nailing this. <laughs> birds. Different country, different, different, different country conflict. No, no, not so many birds. Not, not nearly as many birds. Yeah, so... um. Oh, that's funny. That's so cute. Yeah, so that was my first impression. You guys come for me like um, if that will, that was upsetting to you. But I'm I'm doing my <laughs> Why best. Why would that be upset? I don't know. They're like, we really thought, we really just expected more from her. We really thought. We expected you to know how to pronounce that word about something that happened in a different country. Yeah, and I can't remember the name of the movie. And I also was mm. like, why were there no birds in this book? Somebody knows what you're talking about. My, <laughs> you know what? Somewhere. My goal is to just, I really want to relate to the lowest common denominator. I want them to know that they're not here alone. I want them to know that I'm right there with them. <laughs> <laughs> that is really how I've always felt about oh classics. I've always been like, does everyone else get this except for me? Oh, okay. Yeah, everyone gets it except for me. So if you two have ever felt that okay. way about classics, okay. that is my life. But anyways, that is... Uh, 
our first impressions. First impressions. Mm -hmm, Of I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Uh, So now I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Maya Angelou. Uh, First off, what do you think her zodiac sign is? Oh. Mm, I don't know. Taurus. Aries. I'm making it up. Oh, Aries. okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at first, okay, I was girl. like, really? Because, you know, I'm an Aries. I'm always like, wow, I love when great people were Aries. <laughs> There's also some really awful people that were Aries, but we're not going to talk about them. Uh, but so I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, she just seems like, I, I was just like, I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm getting like the Aries energy from her. And then I realized that she kept describing herself or I guess describing people's reaction to her as people would think that she was really arrogant. And were annoyed by her because, you know, they thought she was so arrogant. And I was like, oh, well, maybe they okay, were maybe just so. stupid. <laughs> they just didn't understand her genius. I feel like y'all are go-getters. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's just my impression of Aries. Is, yeah, so. I, th- I think so. Um, yeah. Anyways, so that's that's fun. I enjoyed that. Love that. Is that, for is that like the only Aries author we've ever read? <laughs> maybe. Because I, I always, I like, know. I want to get excited, like, relate to our Aries authors, but I feel like yeah. we never have any Aries authors. I don't, I don't think we do it's have very many. we can't sit still long enough to finish <laughs> Yeah, y'all are like, screw this. <laughs> screw I'm too this. chaotic. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Maya Angelou, whose original name was Marguerite Annie Johnson, was born April 4th, 1928 in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and she passed away on May 28th in 2014 in North Carolina. And... I had this horrible moment on the Scripturian Society, uh, our sister podcaster writers, where Chris and I were like, Maya Angelou, she passed away, didn't she? But then neither of us could like could pinpoint an exact like detailed memory of that. And I was yeah, like, me too. wait a minute, wait a minute. And I was horrified. And yes, yeah, she passed away in 2014. So I felt like guilty for forgetting about that. But I'm not sure I was ever fully aware of it either at the time, to be honest. Yeah, I, I sort of remember that happening, but like it wasn't... Um... I didn't remember like distinctly when or where I was, (laughs) but I kind of knew it had happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that this about your uh, your take on the Aries, if we're just always doing something, that's definitely true for Maya. She was a poet, a memoirist, a writer, an actress, um, and many, 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 many other things in her life. (laughs) Um, We'll see if I have the right article. I read a couple articles on her first, so I would just have like a general Mm -hmm. idea. All of this information is coming from Britannica.com, by the way. So thanks, Britannica.com. Let's see. Her... Her several volumes of autobiography are potentially some of her most famous work, uh, and they all explore themes of economic, racial, and even sexual oppression. And at first, when I started this book, I was like, why was this book banned in so many schools? It's because there's, and trigger warning um, for if you've had some, I don't even know how to do, give a trigger warning for that without. Sexual assault. Sexual assault. Trigger warning. Yeah, sexual yeah. assault trigger warning. Also, Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, good. I'm glad you remembered because I was like, we need to remember to do yeah, a little to do trigger, a trigger warning. warning. Yeah. Sexual assault trigger warning in this book um, because Maya Angelou was raped by a grown man when she was eight years old. And that is horrifying. Mm-hmm. And then the man was murdered subsequently after, which even in her book, she describes as feeling guilty. And this might make me a bad person. But I felt such triumph when they were like, and the man was murdered. And I was like, good. I know. One of the <laughs> things, not, I guess we'll talk about it yeah. more, but. One of the things that was very, like, hard for me with reading it was that she was so young, she didn't even quite, like, understand, no. like, what had happened and that it wasn't her fault no. kind of thing. Yeah. So she kind of, like, had all this guilt about it, yeah. which 
was really sad. It was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so you get to see very much the insider experience of that emotionally, um, which is interesting because, like, you hear people talk about it. But, of course, unless you've gone through it, you can't really relate to it. But, um, of course, Maya was an amazing writer and communicator. So she definitely... It's just so sad to see it, like how, of course, a kid would react to that because they don't, you know, understand like culpability and stuff yet. But um, yeah, anyway, so that happened also. So I just know that we will probably be discussing that at least very briefly in the summary. Probably not going to harp on it too much. But uh, anyway, so she was born in St. Louis, Missouri, but she spent most of her childhood in the care of her paternal grandmother in Stamps, Arkansas, which I did read as Arkansas. Like, for the first several chapters. I was like, never in my life have I called it Arkansas. Why am I reading that this vine? Arkansas? Is there a vine? Yes. America, explain. This is Kansas, but this is Arkansas. <laughs> She's, like, screaming and pointing at the map. America, explain. That's hysterical. So good. That's literally me at my own country, and I didn't see the vine. It's really upsetting. Okay, so uh, let's see. After that traumatic event that happened to her when she was eight years old, which uh, was, by the way, committed by her mother's boyfriend, so that's horrifying, just like on an extra level. Um, See, he was murdered, and then she was left almost completely mute for several years due to trauma after that. Um, And she recalls in her book, which we can talk about more, how um, people were just getting kind of annoyed with her for being sullen. And on a Mm -hmm. very, very, very different level, I do kind of get she was way nicer about it than I was but like when I was goth for a few years which is again very not comparable in the important ways but I do remember being like I was well I wasn't as nice as she was so I was angry because people kept making me feel bad for me basically just being a bummer all the time because I was being I was a bummer because I felt like a bummer on the inside but um Mm -hmm. I was like I can relate to this in the tiniest of ways but right she was also like but I don't blame them and I was like never mind you're way you're like, actually, I did blame them. <laughs> I did blame them. And I had way less justification to do so. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, uh, so, good. her, this is her first autobiographical work, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, which was made uh, into a movie in 1979, but was originally published in 1969. And it won the National Book Award nomination. Um, I think it won a bunch of other things, too. I don't know why I'm not seeing it on here. Um, she's a heavily awarded writer, maybe one of the most heavily awarded writers ever. Um, her other autobiography volumes included Gather Together in My Name, Singing and Swinging and Getting Merry Like Christmas, which is an excellent title. <laughs> the Heart of a Woman. I love that. I know. All God's Children Need Traveling Shoes, A Song Flung Up to Heaven, and Mom and Me and Mom, which was published in 2013. And I had no idea that she'd published Aww. something that recently. I was like, 2013? Yeah. I can remember 2013. But here's what I can't remember. <laughs> Enough of my life to write even one autobiography. I cannot believe <laughs> she wrote like seven of these. That's what always gets me about people who write autobiographies. I'm like, how are, how do you remember that? Like, how do you have enough, like, um, good or not necessarily good, but, but like quality-wise yeah. memories? No idea. Put all of them down from like such a young age. Yeah, I have That's no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. I cannot. She is a special person. So in 1940, Maya moved with her mother to San Francisco, where we also get to see a lot of her life that takes place there. And while she was there, and this is me saying that, oh my goodness, yeah, she had the Aries thing going. She's just had to do everything. She worked intermittently as a cocktail waitress, a prostitute and madam, a cook, and a dancer. And it was as a dancer that she assumed her professional name and then moved to New York City in the late 1950s. And she started um, writing more and found her encouragement for her literary talents at the Harlem Writers Guild. 
Uh, and that was nice. also when she landed a feature role in a production of George Gershwin's folk opera, Porgy and Bess. I have no idea what that is. Yes. But she, you, you do know what it is. Uh, yeah. What's it about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. You're like, yeah. I mean, I know some songs from it. Oh, yeah, of course like you do. A, yeah. It's a... Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, well, she <laughs> toured uh, 22 countries in Europe and Africa with that acting troupe doing that, which is pretty cool. Um, and then she continued studying dance. And then in 1961, she performed in John Jean Jeanette's play, The Blacks. I don't know anything about that play either. Um, and then that same year, she was, quote, persuaded by a South African dissident to whom she was briefly married to move to Cairo. Um, and wow. I was like, wow, that is a mouthful of a sentence. There is there's so much <laughs> packed in about her life yeah, in like, that sentence. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, so while, while she was there, she worked for the Arab Observer. And then later she moved to Ghana and worked on the African Review. So she also wrote in like nonfiction, like reporter journalism stuff. So I'm just like, this wow, woman did crazy. everything. Yeah. And so then she returned to California in 1966 and wrote Black Blues Black, which aired in 1968 and was a 10-part television series. Um, oh. And let's see. She became one of the first African-American women to have a screenplay produced as a feature film uh, when she wrote the movie Georgia, Georgia, which I believe came out in 1972. Huh. So that's cool. Wow. Then she acted in a bunch of movies in the 90s, or maybe not a bunch, but at least two, which feels like a bunch, considering everything else she was doing with her life. I'm like, how? Considering most people don't act in any movies movies in their life. Exactly. Uh, So she acted in Poetic Justice in 1993, um, How to Make an American Quilt in 1995, and then appeared in several television productions, including the miniseries Roots in 1977. I don't know anything about it, but I will say when you Google Maya Angelou, a bunch of stuff comes up about Roots, so... That might be an interesting thing to check out. Um, she received a Tony Award nomination for her performance in Look Away, despite the fact that, quote, the, the play closed on Broadway after only one performance, end quote. Can oh, you imagine? One of those. Yeah, but can you imagine being so damn good at what you're doing that you receive a Tony <laughs> Award nomination for a performance <laughs> after, that one ends performance. after one night? That's bananas. Uh, crazy. And then she also directed uh, Down in the Delta, which came out in 1998. And the documentary Maya Angelou and Still I Rise in 2016. Um, oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then she wrote a bunch of poetry, which I won't read all of them because I already keep reading all the titles because she has like such like interesting, vivid titles for everything. Um, yeah, that Christmas one sounded good. I know. The winter one. Yeah, it was adorable. Yeah. Uh, she also wrote a book of meditations. And then she also wrote Whoa. a bunch of children's books. And I feel like Maya could write what? some really good children's books. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'll read the name of the children's books. My Painted House, My Friendly Chicken and Me, Life Doesn't Frighten <laughs> Me, and Maya's World. I think Aww. those are all adorable. And I want to get them all for my, my child. My Friendly Chicken and Me. I know. I'm like, I have yeah. some friendly chickens and some not-so-friendly ones. Um <laughs> My not so friendly chicken and me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other side of the My Angelou Child book, right? Um, so she also dispensed anecdote-laden advice. Another direct quote to women in her. Um, what is this? It looks. I'm not sure what this is. Um, I don't know if it's like a publication of some kind or what it is, but it's called Letter to My Daughter, uh, and it was mm. released in 2008. Um, but interestingly enough, her only biological child was male. Um, hmm. So her son, Guy Johnson, uh, she got pregnant with him when she was 17 years old. Uh, she did briefly marry his father after that, although they only got divorced after a few years. And I believe he's also a writer. 
That's about what I know about hmm. Guy Johnson. Um, but let's see. In 1981, by 1981, people referred to Maya Angelou as Dr. Angelou, even though she didn't have a college education. <laughs> I think she earned, like, something crazy, like, 50 honorary doctorates or something. Like, 50. Oh, my God. Isn't that bananas? I can't even imagine. Oh, she had honorary. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just, like, no, people were like, no, this is, you just have to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they all just called her that's, doctor. Uh, and so she did become a professor of American studies at Wake Forest University in North Carolina. Um, and North Carolina is where she passed away. Uh, it looks like the same town. So uh, let's see. She was invited to compose and deliver a poem for the inauguration of U.S. President Bill Clinton in 1993. She wrote On the Pulse of Morning, which I believe I have heard before. Um, and then she celebrated the 50th anniversary of the United Nations in the poem A Brave and Startling Truth. And she also elegized Nelson Mandela with the poem His Day is Done. Uh, in 2013 and that one was commissioned by the u.s state department and i think that that's awesome Uh, in 2011 she was awarded the presidential medal of freedom which is really freaking badass yeah so that's great um and then she passed away uh in 2014 making her how old do you think she was born 1928 uh let me see math what who knows uh 86 86, I think. Yes, 86. Yes, I did just do a, use a calculator for that, everybody. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I just literally Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> but so I wasn't insane to think she could have still been alive, you know, because I was like, no, am I insane? it's possible. Yeah. So anyways, that is honestly just the briefest glimpse into the life of Maya Angelou. Luckily enough, she wrote like seven autobiographies. So you guys, if you want to learn the details, you certainly can. Yeah, you can go find them out. You can. You, <laughs> you certainly really can. can. Uh, I want to know that about the South African dissident that she was uh, married to for a short time. Oh, what's that? I want to know what that was about. Yeah. Me Anyways. Too. Thank you, Ash. You're welcome. Lovely research. Lovely delivery. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, club members. Ash here. Just wanted to remind everybody again about our friends Leah, Jacob, and their family. Right now, Jacob is going through cancer and treatment for that, which, of course, is, uh, is a lot for any family to deal with. And I know all of us can relate to that to some extent. Uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that if you want to support them, you can do that by going to GoFundMe and looking at medical and expenses for Jacob Schumacher or following the link in our description below. You guys, they are already almost halfway to their goal. I think we can get up the rest of the way there. And I know a lot of that is thanks to all that you guys have done so far. So thank you guys for being the wonderful people you are. And let's get back to the episode. Okay, so before we even talk about it, you know what the structure and some of the content of this book reminded me of? What? Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Oh my God, you're completely correct. It's like, here's a young girl from, I mean, not that long ago, but not present, I guess. And it's like her growing up until she's like 17. And then it's like, and. And then, that's it. That's and it. And that was the And one. you're like, oh, okay. You are so correct. And who wrote it's A Tree Grows same. in Brooklyn again? I can't remember, I but I really liked it. I also um, really liked it. The, even the voice, like the tone was. Betty Smith. Betty Smith, yeah. Even the tone yeah. was very similar, which is interesting because it was, I mean, a completely different childhood experience, like completely. Right. But such a yeah. similar tone. So Similar tone. That's yeah. kind of, yeah, what it is. Yeah. And also, Triggers in Brooklyn is a novel, but we mm-hmm. did discuss how it's kind of autobiographical. Yes, you know? that's right. So. It was super autobiographical. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the this book is literally an autobiography. So the main yeah. character is Maya herself. Mm-hmm. But um, mostly people call her Marguerite yeah. throughout the book. Yep. Um, 
And so Maya has um, her older brother, um, Bailey, and uh, she loves him uh-huh. so much. They're best friends. They are the cutest. Um, and they kind of, a lot of the book is kind of going to be hard to summarize, I think, because yep. it's a lot of just vignettes pretty much of like her life. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I think I'll just do a general like here's where they were living kind yeah. of thing. So she starts out with like some stories about living with her grandmother um, in Stamps. Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Arkansas. Yep. Uh, with, so it's her, she's living, she and Bailey are living with their grandma um, who they call Mama. Mm-hmm, their dad's and mom. Because their parents, when she was, what, four years old, stuck them on yeah. a train and just sent them and were like, go live <laughs> with your grandma. Stamps. Yeah, it's a little wild. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. But so she and Bailey just live there and don't really know that much about their parents mm-hmm. or like have never really even don't have any memories of them nope. or anything. Um, but and they're also their uncle, um, Willie, and he, yeah, Willie, mm-hmm. um, he he's disabled, and so he stays mm-hmm. with um, Mama as well. Yes, and so um, it's they're kind of the family unit, but they run. Uh, Mama has a, a business, the store, a, a biz, yeah, a, like a shop, yeah. And so Bailey and uh, Maya help like with the shop and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of like little stories about them going to church and causing trouble, yeah. And- <laughs> Like getting into trouble. Yeah, and pretty <laughs> typical childhood shenanigans. Just childhood cute stuff. Yeah, a but lot mixed of in with some, of course, uh, white people being really bigoted and gross. Yeah, a lot of like terrible racism thrown in there as well mm-hmm. because that was her experience. Yep. And it, this would have been like the 30s and 40s yeah. when she's really young. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, I'm sure it was horrible, I'm as sure we so read too. in the book. Yeah, well, and um, especially when she was in Stamps. Like, that is – Stamps, Arkansas was still very much like the South South at the time, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. So, I mean, they were still very much – Really, really segregated. Yeah. And she talks about, like, kind of being like, I don't even know if white people are real. Yeah, because <laughs> like, she would never see them because they never they left never that part s- of town. Right, because it was dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's some horrible stuff with that, of mm-hmm. course. And, like, people, oh, my God, that scene where those little girls Ugh. were, like, making fun of her grandma, that part made me so mad. I know, same. Um, that was horrible to read. Yes, uh, it was. And so she's kind of, you know, this is, like, the environment she's growing up in and stuff. So Yeah. And then she, uh, they end up going to stay with their dad for a little bit. Um, and he lives in, or they take their dad takes them to visit their mom, who lives in St. Louis. Yes, is that right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And so they stay with her for a little bit, and um, she seems all right. It's like yeah. I don't understand because she's actually like not that bad, but she kind of was like, okay, y'all go. I know. I was really confused. <laughs> and it's like by you that. would expect her to be like not fun and like mean, yeah. but she's actually. Pretty nice. Yeah, she's pretty nice. And then later on, like, you're like, wow, she's actually, like, a, a pretty good mom. And I was like, at, yeah, at what point is. were you like, it's fine. I'll just give my children away. I have a very it's hard time very reconciling those people. But I, I wonder if their father, Bailey Sr., was um, had more of a part in that decision because he's kind of the worst. Yeah, but even he wasn't, like, as bad as I was expecting. He, he was he exactly gets, what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly what I expected. 
He was, yeah, I guess he was kind of bad. I mean, he wasn't. I don't know. I say he's he was the worst. He wasn't the worst. He could have been a lot worse, but he was exactly what I expected, and I expected him to be a disappointing disappointment as a father. And I was like, I was right because yeah, he's because yeah. they also said them about like he was the one who sent them away on the train. So which makes mm-hmm. me think, obviously, the parents made the decision together, but I feel like it was his idea. You know, I just and then they're kind of like they're not even really together though. Mm-mm. The parents, no, they're um, not. So yeah, I don't know. They're. It's just an interesting thing. And we also, I guess, because Maya was so young, she doesn't know what was going on either. No. So we, as the readers, don't know what was going on. No. So all we have is Conjecture. a four-year-old <laughs> and a three-year-old on a train to get by themselves. And we're like, what the heck? Yeah. But I guess we don't really know what was going on. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they go and stay with their mom for a while. And Bailey, like uh, her brother kind of like immediately loves everybody and mm-hmm. is he's a little bit more social than Maya is it yeah. seems a little more outgoing maybe yeah. but yeah so while she's staying with her mom that's when the horrible sexual assault rape happens and Ugh. it's horrible yeah they go to trial for it and everything yeah uh i was surprised i didn't think i w- i didn't think it was you know when that kind of thing I could tell. I was like, oh, no, this is about to happen. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. And nobody's going to know. Like, yeah. That's I, I was really because... surprised that anyone found out and that they went to trial at all. And I was very glad. Yeah, me too. Of course, Although, then of course, he got a year. A year. And he didn't even have to serve it. And then, but then he did get murdered immediately after. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> and I was like, wow, there's a dark side to me I didn't know. Because when they were like, and they found him dead, I was like, good and i was like wow i mean i mean it's really hard to be like oh that sucks the rapist is murdered you're like yeah child rapist yes like okay exactly i just (laughs) there's a certain i was so satisfied like something in my heart was so satisfied i was like i don't know that i'm ever supposed to feel that kind of satisfaction at the idea of another human's death (laughs) yeah but i definitely "Hmm." did i was like you absolute garbage person i'm so glad to hear this yeah, and even her mom, uh, remember the police officer came mm-hmm. to the door and was like to tell them that he died? Yeah. Her mom was like, oh, yeah, well, okay. Shame, shame. <laughs> and then they just... Do and, you think yeah. that Maya's uncles did it? Because they were known for kind of being like hotheads and getting in fights and stuff. I feel like... They could have because she was kind I of saying like that like she was... Yeah, I, I think it was someone implied it could have been them. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously these are real people, so like... Who knows? Yeah, we don't want. I guess we don't want to. Conjecture no, I mean we can't. We can't conjecture for the sake of the story <laughs> because you know it's not. It happened. But I'm just saying, I could see it. I could have seen them being involved. But well, she but we don't know. Be, we don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's the interesting thing I think about autobiographies is like they are. She is so young. It's amazing she even has these memories. Yeah. Really, like seriously. <laughs> so it's like the oh things that goodness. she doesn't know. It's just interesting because it's like you're kind of along for the ride with the the narrator you know yeah that's why it's interesting i think to read about child perspectives but i agree um so anyway yeah so they stay with her for a little bit and then yeah she goes through her you know kind of not talking phase because of the trauma Mm -hmm. um and, you know, and they're really patient with her, her for like a couple weeks and they're like oh, god she's just yeah, the worst like, she's just okay. so quiet <laughs> and i'm like One. all right well she's been through some pretty horrible shit so maybe we should just yeah, be like, nice to the eight-year-old maybe a little uh, a little grace maybe mm-hmm. one thing that i've <laughs> i feel like this is true i don't want to paint with too broad a brush but almost every book i have ever read you know 
autobiographical, semi-autobiographical, or a novel that features children and it's set before like 1990. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are so impatient with, with children, children, 100%. And I can't understand it. I'm like, I'm sorry. And it's like, it's like everybody. I'm like, yeah. what? Why is everyone so mean? To these Why is everybody kids? surprised that these children are children? Like yeah, going to act like children and crazy. they're not, they don't have it all together. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Uh, wild. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, yeah they end up going back to stamps. And Bailey's kind of bummed, yeah. but you know, she's like, right. oh, at least it's quieter and fewer people are like <laughs> annoying me here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what I thought was interesting? She was talking about how like everyone in the city was like um way behind on like school stuff. Yeah. But she and Bailey were like really ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like yeah. their like rural small school was like doing a better job than the. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, they were getting um, teachers like right out of that, like that teaching college too. So they were probably getting teachers who still cared oh, about that's their job. Right. And also Bailey and her specifically really liked reading and really cared about it. So there's probably a little yeah. bit of that too. They did. They were always like, she was like, yeah, I was doing my third reread of Jane Eyre. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be 10? Yes. Like, she was like a young, about? young child, like quoting Shakespeare. And I was like, I, I am a grown woman and I can't do that. That part where she, it cracked me up. It's like so early in the beginning. But she was talking about how she was like, Shakespeare was the first white man I ever loved. <laughs> I was like, she you're was not like, alone. I figured it was okay because he has been dead for so long. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is so, so funny. funny. And she was like eight years old. Yeah, she like, had okay. a lot of crushes on authors Like when she was eight years old. And I'm like, what kind of genius child were you? <laughs> she was just, yeah, like memorizing Hamlet at age nine. Like, yeah. no big deal. No biggie. Yeah, um, she's a genius. Yeah, it was just very funny. But uh, that cracked me up. Yeah. Yeah, so they go back. She's getting older. There's like picnic and stuff. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of confusing. Like she does make a friend. A boy likes her and she's got like, you know, a lot of trauma. And so she she, like does not respond well to that. Um, Mm -hmm. But then she finds out that he's actually like totally innocent and well-meaning. And then she kind of likes him and then he's not interested in her. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was glad she made a friend, though. I know. I know. That was so sweet. But then for some reason, and I still, I don't, I don't know why, there was some, Mama decided that she needed to move them to, mm-hmm. what was, where, was it San Francisco at the time? Yeah, to then San they Francisco, moved to San Francisco, because that's where her dad lived. Yeah. Or he lived in California. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Mama moved And, yeah. I mean, Maya in the book talks about, like, not really understanding why, I don't know if there was any implication of a reason that I missed, but I didn't pick one up if there was. It just seemed very sudden. Uh, she was talking about how there was that incident where Bailey came home and was like, oh, really that's right. Upset. Yes. And they were like, what happened? And it was because oh, this guy was so dead. Horrible. And Bailey's oh. walking around town. He's what, 11? Yeah. And he, this guy, they're like pulling him out of the river and he's dead. It's so and sad. And basically, this other guy this like white guy was like hey you come help us move this body move this dead body and it's like very suspicious and mm. scary it was very and suspicious yeah and he was like freaking out about it yeah. as Ellen, 11 year old would yes it should yeah that's true um, that was really shortly so before they moved I think so maybe that, that was, was it Maya was kind of implying, I think, that my mama was like, maybe it's... Maybe I should get the kids <laughs> the out of here. The racial tensions are too wild here. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, that's very possible. Um, That did happen right before they moved. Yeah. And so they moved. They were all in California, but then she was living in San Francisco. Yeah. And their mother was there. And then her dad was like, hey, Maya, come stay with me in L.A. or South, Southern California. Yeah, Southern California somewhere. Yeah. And so she was. Oh, because but when they first got there, they were living in L.A. Sorry, now yes. I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. anyway, they're all in California. Yep. And so <laughs> um, yes. there was a lot of moving around. And there so was. Then, yeah, she goes to stay with her dad, Bailey Sr., uh-huh. in Southern California for like a summer. And he's and a real disappointment of a person. He's kind of wilding out. He has a very young girlfriend, Dolores. Yes, and- who is annoying, but he also treats her really badly. So I'm like, yeah. y'all both suck in very different My- ways. Maya immediately was like, I don't know that me and Dolores vibe. <laughs> because Maya feels not. kind of awkward in her skin and she's kind of like. Yeah, but also um, she was what, like 13 or something or older at that point or like even and maybe 15. Dad- and her dad had told his girlfriend, his quote unquote fiance, who he had like said he was going to marry and they were living together and stuff. Uh, that he had an eight and nine year old. He had eight and nine year old children. Yeah. And so Dolores was reasonably like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't then... blame Dolores for being shocked and put out with him. I no, wish she hadn't been mean to Maya, a child, once again, yeah. whose fault it wasn't. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. They just didn't totally vibe. But I think Mm-mm. Maya was trying a little bit. But yeah. Then, she definitely tried yeah, harder than Dolores. Dad, yes. Yeah. Uh, her dad would like go. He was a really good cook. And so they he was always making good food and stuff. And mm-hmm. he would sometimes just hop down to Mexico to like get ingredients because Dolores didn't want him to be getting ingredients where they lived because like then he'd have to interact with Hispanic people, which is like what's going on. But you can go to um, Mexico and, inter- <laughs> and interact with Mexican people. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, what? So because he speaks Spanish fluently too, and I think yeah. Dolores doesn't like that he would do that with Hispanic people in the area because it, like, you know, it's also they live in a trailer park, but she acts like she's ritzy, like they're higher class, yeah. and so yeah, it's very weird. She's definitely intent on climbing Maya the social ladder. Maya was like, ladder. she's very pretentious. <laughs> yes, she is pretentious, and I think um, the dad doesn't really care about actually being higher class. I think he just wants people to perceive him that way, and he's happy. Like, yeah, he didn't like, seem to really care that he much. He seems very sociable. When they yes. went down to Mexico, he clearly, you know, he goes down there for a good time, not oh, yeah. just to get ingredients. Yeah. And so he and Maya are, like, at this random bar just, like, having a great old time. Yeah. And Maya's actually, like, having a pretty good time. Yeah, because he knows how to have get, a good time. <laughs> he's a party guy. Yeah. And things start going kind of south because she's like, okay, are we just staying in Mexico tonight? Like, what's going on? And yeah. her dad's super drunk and kind of, like, leaves her at the bar. And she's yeah. like, I don't know what to do. And then <laughs> comes, like, my favorite part of the whole book when she <laughs> decides she's like, you know, I've never driven a car before. I'm 15, but I'm just going to drive the car 15 This is also a manual transmission car, too, manual you guys. Manual transmission car. There is so much more to driving a manual <laughs> transmission than an automatic. If you're, if you're thinking, I could probably do that. Could you do it on a manual? Because it's different, you guys. And this is like the 40s. And so imagine that car. Oh, my and God. so she's driving this car at night from Mexico back to California, crossing the border. Yes. And she can't. And she's never driven a car before. 
And she's like, I can do it. And she's just doing it off pure audacity, honestly. And I really respect that. I do. I respected the and hell out of that. I was also terrified just, for her and so of her. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of her. I was like, whoa, girl. Okay. Yeah, I was like, wow, you're capable and, of anything. <laughs> and that was kind of like her vibe, too. She was like, hmm, I'm really smart. I can do it. Yeah. She's like, I am <laughs> like, a genius. Okay. I bet I can figure it out. And I'm like, I respect your confidence in yeah, yourself. Know your worth. <laughs> I mean, she kind of did do it. Like, yeah, I mean, she they, did. She was. Was they, successful in getting from point A to point B. When they got to the border, though, she was like had to stop to like talk to the people, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then she, when she was starting up the car, again, she accidentally like made it lurch to the side and she hit, hit someone's car. car. Yeah. And then everyone was yelling at her in Spanish, like, "Why did he hit our car?" And she, the thing that was cracking me up about it was that she's like running on so much adrenaline that she was just purely calm. Yeah. And she was like, "Hmm." This didn't bother me at all. <laughs> she's just kind of trying to figure out what to do, but like not worried. Exactly. She speaks then- <laughs> like a few sentences of Spanish, maybe. <laughs> God, it was, I was then- so stressed out for her. Oh my God. <laughs> Her dad woke up and he, you know, smoothed everything over and it was all he's fine. A, he's a schmoozer. He's a schmoozer. And then they just went home and then she got in a fight with Dolores. Mm-hmm. And then after that, she was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> and screw it back to A Sandra. physical fight. Dolores attacked her fight. with, I assume, Dolores what is a knife. Her. They don't say what they yeah. cut her, what she cut her with, but she was cut. She yeah. was literally bleeding. Yes, <laughs> and this is the good. other thing about Bailey Sr. He wasn't like, get out, Dolores. You can't hurt my daughter. He was like, well, I guess it's best if I go drop you off with some strangers at this other trailer park. How about you just stay there and don't come back to the house because, uh, you know, Dolores and you probably shouldn't be in the same, you know, trailer know. together or whatever. I was so, what like, I... seriously. And, and then he you... was already cheating on her anyway. I was yeah. Like... <laughs> like, why do you care? You were you're down in Mexico cheating on Dolores, which he, apparently he does habitually. Yeah, very frequent. Very dumb. Yeah, it was uh, frustrating. Yeah, and Maya just decides, you know what? I'm just going to drop off the face of the map. And he does nothing about it, by the way. I'm like, (laughs) I can't say world's worst father. I know that there are worse fathers. But man, he does get a prize for being (laughs) shitty. Like, for being a shitty dad. He wasn't great. Like, he's not a horrible person. He's not a great person. But he's really shitty at being a dad, like, for sure. Yeah, he, he could have done better on that front. And also being um, a in a committed relationship. Other than those two things, he's, like, an okay person. Yeah, he's all right. You know, he's Fidelity really and fatherhood, skills. he has just, he's scoring a zero yes. in my books. Yeah. <laughs> he's scoring a zero. <laughs> but, uh... You know what part was so cute? I thought it was so cute. Um, they're with their mom, Bailey and um, uh, Maya. And she, like, wakes them up in the middle of the night. And it's like, and she's kind of like, Maya's like, what's going on? Like, is this is something Oh, my bad God. Happening? It was and so her cute. Mom, yeah, she was like, okay, we're having a party. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And she was like, you are the only two guests and you were the most esteemed guests. And they were like, oh, great. Like, this and she fantastic. like made food for them. And she was they like, like I'm so sorry, stuff. we don't have an orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. It's adorable. Yeah. I love that. That for was them. so sweet. See, like their mom can be really fun. Yeah. Um, well, her, their mom is totally good. And like, she's, I mean, her, she's almost kind of the reverse where like, she thinks she gets herself into some like sticky situations as based mm-hmm. on her like personal choices, but she's damn good at being a mom, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it was yeah. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she, as they get older, um, Bailey and 
um, their mom, though, start have, and they've always been really, really close. Mm-hmm. But they start getting into some fights and stuff, and it's kind of because Bailey's like copying what she's doing with her personal choices, yes. and it's making her mad. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "You're not allowed to date that sex worker or whatever." Mm-hmm. And Bailey's like, "I'm going to. <laughs> you can't stop me." And so, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely and so that then, thing of two personalities that are too similar, especially strong personalities under the same yeah. house. That's mm-hmm. that's difficult. Espe- that's and also, I mean, Bailey was a young man. What was he? Was he 18 or something? Like 18. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so it was about the time that even like kids who have really good relationships with, with their parents, particularly sons, do typically reach a, the point around 18 where they're like, oh, kind of not loving being stuck here, kind of itching yeah, to get out. Yeah, I think that's basically and, what it was because yeah. they pretty much immediately made up, Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was sweet because like they clearly really get each other. Yeah, yeah. like you said, they're very similar. Yeah. And so, um, but before yeah. that, but, Maya had been homeless for a month in Southern California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She just decided this was confusing to me because she could have like rung her mom to send her a plane ticket, but she was like, I'm just gonna stick it to my dad by surviving by myself in the streets of San Diego. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I think it was just like truly like to prove her mettle to herself was kind of like what it felt like. Because uh-huh. she didn't have to. but So she basically, she was looking for somewhere to stay and she found this, uh, it was starting, the weather was bad and she found some like car in like a junkyard full of cars and she thought, I'll just sleep here. And when she wakes up, there's a bunch of kids staring at her all kind of like her age. And it turns out it's this group of like kids who are, they're all homeless, but they all like work odd jobs and kind of look out for each other and they all sleep there together. And they're kind of this just like pretty decent gang of kids not like a gang mm. of kids but like a you know collective <laughs> of youths <laughs> a collective of youths um and so she hangs out with them for a month and she picks up some work with them and she wins a dance competition with one of them the that dance she dances competition with. yeah that was so cute mm-hmm. and that's when she's been taught to dance her whole life but that's when she really started to enjoy dancing like really yeah. got into it for the fun of it uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then she just decides, oh, I guess it's time to go home. And so she calls her mom, and she's like, hey, can you send my plane ticket here? And she, by the way, never tells her mom that she's not still staying with her dad. So this whole time, her mother has thought that she was still with yeah. Bailey Sr. So her mom's like, of course, I'll send the plane ticket to your dad. And she's like, I'll just send it to the airline. I'll pick it up there. And so she's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. And she just, like, never tells anyone. <laughs> Well, I think, he's like, I just wilded it out for a month. and Yeah. Well, I think maybe she does tell Bailey and Bailey's like, yeah, she does tell Bailey because she says something about how like she told him and he was like, whatever. Because he was in like yeah. that phase of nothing impresses him. He started being like, I'm too cool for yes. <laughs> my sister's stories or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, Where's my sweet Bailey? I know. But, and yeah. that's about when he moved out. So, yeah, he was yep. just grown up. But yeah. it made me happy that they like seem to have maintained their very close relationship you know yeah they did there like, was it got through. a little weird and rough there for a little while but as but like who doesn't teenagers. you know yeah yeah and so yeah <laughs> the dance competition was very cute i totally forgot it was really she really was, cute yeah and um, i also really enjoyed <laughs> the d- diversity moment of uh this book there weren't a lot of like positive interactions between people who looked different let's just say that most of them were pretty negative yeah but Mm -hmm. like you know the collective of youths the collective of street youths as Mm -hmm. um schmidt would say probably from new girl um they were like all different kids from all different places they were like white Mm -hmm. kids black kids they were hispanic kids and i was just like oh i really like that and it, it goes back to that thing that people say a lot about like kids and like younger like you know like yeah they're still kids at that point you know like 
they don't it's not that they don't see the difference it's just that they just don't care as much to be honest and i'm like at what point right, do people yeah. start caring because it's definitely more natural to not give a shit about well how it's like a taught look. thing you know yeah. like that's why it's yeah, yeah. so i guess if you're, I mean, those kids pro- relying on each other. Yeah. I mean, even though probably everything in their broader society was like, you shouldn't all be friends. They're yeah, like, they well, all were. these are my friends because they like, take care of me. Listen, all of our adults of all these different races have already let all of us down. So let's just agree adults suck and let's all be best. <laughs> yeah, we're all banding together. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, you guys yeah, are my inspiration. Sweet. I think that was kind of a thing for Maya too because, yeah. you know, where she'd come from, it was so segregated yeah. and you're right. She didn't have really like, hardly any good experiences with like white people or mm-hmm. didn't even know that many people who weren't white or black. Yeah, exactly. And so moving to California, she was even talking about how like, because they were there during the war, she kind of saw yeah. like Japanese people getting displaced because of the um, yes. internment camps and stuff. And yeah. I was like, this is like crazy. Like she's yeah. kind of having this, he's, it was like a thing of like when they first got there, this whole <laughs> new thing of like all these different cultures and lots of different people and stuff and then seeing some people just getting displaced and then yeah it was a whole crazy thing it's just interesting to see like big um historical events through like one person's eyes yeah I love who was there who lived through it yeah it's so yeah. different than like just reading about it right and it was also interesting too because i mean it's absolutely not like a well good things come from bad things because the japanese internment was horrible horrible thing that yeah. happened but it was interesting oh yeah i'm not saying that was good but. oh no no i know because i was about to make the point that it was interesting to see how through maya's eyes that area of the city that had once been like a bunch of japanese-owned businesses became all black-owned businesses and became like i think she described it as like like the new harlem and became like a really right. like vivid like full of life area um and like for a her, bunch of, yeah yeah for her and for um other black people in the area and became you know this like big area with a lot of like financial success for them um which you're like oh great and then you have to think wow but it happened like right on the tail of this horrible thing that happened and it does not doesn't make any specific point except to just say wow it's just it's really interesting to remember what any area in any town has seen you know oh yeah it's just so easy to forget how many things have happened yeah it's very interesting it is and um yeah, I really liked all her descriptions of San Francisco and stuff. Um, yeah, I did too. It felt really mm-hmm. vibrant. And it like, did. yeah. Very, her descriptions are really good. Yes, they were. It, she's such a good writer that, like, I kept forgetting how good she was because I was so in it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I'd be like, wow, actually, that description is amazing. But, like, I was kind of just glossing over it because it yeah. was so, all of them were amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about? Yes, absolutely. I completely get that. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I kept th- yeah. forgetting that I was reading an autobiography and kept thinking I was reading fiction because it was Me told too. so well. Yeah. Yes. And then she... Um, She's determined to work yeah, on a trolley car. To the end. <laughs> yeah, she wants to work on a trolley car. Yeah. Um, and she does, by yeah, the way. She, does. she fights the system and becomes the first black woman to work the... To work I forget what they're car. called, to work on the trolley cars. And she's like, yeah, I did it. And her good mom her. like gave her a lot of like good like anecdotal advice and stuff. And, like, during that whole period, and I was like, she's such an inspiration. I like this woman. She um, really is. She's yeah. cool. She's cool. But, yeah, so that yeah, was Yeah, that was a fun little thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, she really, see, that's what I mean. Go-getters. Like, yeah. she was like, I'm just going to do it. But here's her thing, too, because she was, like, basically offered a bunch of other jobs that were easier and made more money. And I would have been like, excellent, sounds good. And she was like, I had just decided 
Like, I wasn't even trying to make, like, a big statement. I had just decided that no one was going to tell me no for the sake of saying no. Yes. Like, <laughs> and like, I love wow. that. I do, too. It, I wish I had that energy, but I don't know that really, I do. It made me think of that part earlier in the book, which was, oh, my God, that part was really intense. Um, not necessarily, I don't know, just emotionally it was intense. But yeah. it was uh, at, the, at her graduation. Do you remember uh-huh. the part where everyone was kind of like whoever was talking was basically like it was just this whole thing of um whenever the black students get awarded or accolades for Uh stuff it's always sports because nobody is like giving them equipment or whatever for like nobody cares and about academics or like they cared about academics but nobody wanted them to succeed in that yeah and so then it was like um it was like a thing where it's like, yeah, not nobody has done it, but they had to work really, really hard and they shouldn't have because yeah. all the white kids just have all of the stuff. Yep. <laughs> and it's like she was kind of like, this isn't <laughs> this isn't fair. And it was a thing where she was like really proud of herself for graduating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, actually, what's the point? Like, there's really no point that I graduated. And it was yep. really sad. sad. But yeah. But yeah, then that made me think of that because like it was kind of like. We still have that problem with our public school system. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Crazy. Weird. No, good point. (laughs) But yeah. But then she was like, um, yeah, just the, actually, no, I am going to do it and (laughs) screw y'all kind of thing. I was like, good for you. Although it sucks that she even had to make that point. But I guess, you know, somebody had to do it. So. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And then she ends up, uh, uh yeah you know kind of towards the end of the book she um gets um pregnant yep and she just, uh, just basically decides she just walks she up to this guy and goes want to have sex with me I know. and he's <laughs> like okay, yeah, like, <laughs> like, okay. what's right. happening and yeah and then three weeks later she's like oh i'm pregnant oh, i'm pregnant All and then right. she doesn't tell anyone until she's eight months <laughs> pregnant she's managed to hide it <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I was like, how did you? <laughs> and then she, um, yeah, and then she's like, okay, everyone, I am pregnant. Like, expecting a big blow up. And yeah. they're kind of like, all right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay. And yeah. then everyone's very supportive and nice to her about it. And I was like, good. Yeah. Um, and her mom, uh, then the last scene of the book is she's kind of nervous around her baby because, she, you know, obviously you don't want to hurt a newborn baby. And, yeah. You know, new mom and whatever. Yeah. And her and mom her says mom something baby. like, if you're if you're made for the right thing, you'll do the right thing or something like that. And basically it's like, you don't need to worry about, you're not going to, you love him too much to hurt him. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it was sweet. And then they kind of were cuddling together on the and then that's the end of the book. Yep. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Good book. Yeah, it was a good book. You're right. It did have, it had a lot of the, the tone of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn and it was like the same period of life, like from the same age to the same age when it started and ended. Yeah. Yeah. Very early to just like late teens. Yeah. You know what other book does that? Um, uh, Angela's Ashes. Oh, it's does the exact it? Same time period. I yeah. haven't read it. Well, not like in history, but yeah. he's like it's from him as a very young child to like eighteen. Interesting. And then he's like, and I'm off to do stuff. Wow. And you're like, wow. Interesting. It's, it's truly, you know, these are truly coming of age novels. They truly are. Yeah. I was telling Haley the other day, coming of age novel is, or except for this one, which is an autobiography, of course. But yeah. oh, and 
Okay, sorry. Angel's Ashes is always also an autobiography. But I guess coming of age stories are like my favorite. I think it's the best I genre. Know they are. I'm so obsessed. Like <laughs> I could read everybody's coming of age story. I am not a big fan of coming of age stories typically. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because I don't rem- remember so much of my own childhood and coming of age that I just truly can't relate. It almost feels mm-hmm. foreign to me or that my maybe my childhood was just too weird and I don't relate. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I just don't really relate to the coming of age stories. And I'm also like, I just wanted to get done with my childhood so fast. I just wanted to get through it and get out Aww. of it. And so... I just don't ever feel the desire to relive childhood, you know? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't get to go to prom. Oh, I never got to be a kid. And then sometimes I'm like, that's okay. I really just wanted to get through it as fast as possible and forget (laughs) about it. And I did exactly that. So I succeeded. You really did what you intended. (laughs) Yeah, for you. Really accomplished what I went for. So whenever someone's like, oh, it's a coming of age story, I'm like, don't care. Did I literally (laughs) did work my entire life to basically skip over the coming of age part of my story (laughs) you're like i don't care about that so much Mm -hmm. where i want the of age part (laughs) yes i want the i don't want the coming of i just the of age i just just age now (laughs) and i was stories i want the age story and i mean i was probably like an 80 year old woman from the age of like six so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if there was a coming of age story it happened between (laughs) zero and six so i wouldn't remember it even if my memory wasn't garbage (laughs) yeah but anyways, um, yeah, that's uh, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Yay. And uh, it was wonderful. What would you say your yeah, favorite and least favorite parts of this book were? Least favorite part is very obvious. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it was written poorly, but it was very no. hard to read about Deeply her horrifying. sexual assault. Yes, it was very, very, and very hard. All of it was very well written, but some parts of it were very hard to read. Not even just yeah. that part, but other parts of the book, too. Yeah. Um. But favorite part was, I think, her driving the car. I don't know why, but I thought it was so funny. And she, oh I just really, goodness. like, I felt like it was like, this is her as a character. She was like, hmm, I'm just going to do it. And she That's just hysterical. It. That is so funny. I think least favorite part is the same. Favorite part might be when she got the trolley job. Like, she was just really, like, vibing <laughs> when she got the trolley yeah. job for a while. And I loved it. Um mm-hmm. But also that, like, period where she was, like, going to college and then she got pregnant. Like, that whole period of her life, I was really enjoying. I know that Mm -hmm. the getting unexpectedly pregnant was stressful, but then she, like, got used to it and was excited about the baby. And then she had a baby. Mm -hmm. So I really just enjoyed, like, that whole last part of the book because I was like, yes, there's still a lot of stressful things. But at least a lot of it's not, like, overtly traumatic. So I'm enjoying Right. This. And she's older, so you feel like she can yeah. handle more stuff and you're, yeah. like, not as worried about her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe. She's, yeah. It, her life has struck a bit more balance. It was never unbalanced because it was her fault. But all the people yeah. around her had just sent her life careening out of balance so many times. And finally, at this point, at, like, by she was determined to get the trolley job, it was kind of like she finally had the independence to take charge of the balance in her life herself some. Yeah. And she yeah. did. And it was awesome. And loved I loved that it. for her. Yeah. yeah, that was, I loved all the, I think the San Francisco section of the book, or like the California section. Yeah. Was my favorite. Yeah. Like, oh, I agree. I think yeah. so. What would you say favorite and least favorite character? Favorite character, I guess Maya. Yeah. I also really liked Bailey, and I really liked, um, she wasn't a main character by any means, but that fancy lady from Stamps. Mrs. Who, Flowers? 
Yes, Mrs. Flowers. She was so fancy and elegant. I loved her. Yeah, I loved Maya's cool. descriptions of her. Mm-hmm. So I like that too. Like as a bonus character. I found favorite, Bailey but. kind of annoying. That's funny that you're like, I loved really? him. I was like, eh, he's kind of annoying. I thought he was sweet. He was all right. I don't know. <laughs> he was okay, I guess. <laughs> um, I So favorite character, I, can I do like a tie between three women? Like for very different sure. reasons, each of them. Between Mama, Maya, and Maya's mom. I loved all oh, of yeah. these women. I was just no, like, totally. for very, very different reasons, all of them. But I loved all of them. They were wonderful mm-hmm. and inspirational. Um, they did. They were great. Yeah. I was like, if I had the fraction, like just fractionally the oomph that they have, like the vivacity and inner strength oh my and wisdom. God. Oh, my God. I would have so much shit together. Like, these women were amazing. She had some pretty great mother figures in her life. She did, yeah. Her, um, I mean, Mama, sometimes I felt was a little harsh. She was. I understood her. I mean, not yeah. that I understood what it was like to be her, but I no. felt that I knew why she did the things she did. Um, yeah. So I was, I like, willing to forgive her for some of the exactly. stuff that bothered me. Well, exactly. Mama was a little harsh in ways that I was like, really? Ugh. And then her actual mom, of course, her personal life choices did create some consequences, I feel like, for the family. And that is my personal opinion. Um, Yeah. And so I was like, that's painful, you know. Um, And then, of course, Maya was just being a kid, just stuck in the middle of all of these adults' choices. So, um, but she was awesome. And she definitely, I think, like, kind of seemed to be absorbing the best of those women. So. Oh, I think so, That's why I liked it. Um, Lisa and she you, she writes with such like reverence about Mama, which was so she sweet. Did, yeah. I think you know, yeah. like you can tell, like she exactly. loves her so much. I wonder yeah. if that book that she wrote in 2013 that was like me and my mom and my mom is about those. I wonder if that's. I bet um, it is. That's what I that thought of immediately. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, least favorite character, Mr. Freeman. That was the. Um, oh, obviously. Yeah, the garbage yeah. man who was murdered. Don't even. And we were yeah. happy. So, anyways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who? What? What? Oh, what else do we do? Oh, what else do we do? Uh, lessons favorite learned. Favorite quote. Oh yeah, and favorite quotes. Yeah. Which one do you want to do first? Uh, I'll do my favorite quote because it's right here. Okay, go for it. Uh, well, there were a lot of good quotes, obviously, but while I was listening, oh, and I was I listened to the audiobook and it was Maya reading it, um, so that was great. I loved hearing all the stories like in her voice, and I think she recorded it in like 2011. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I was blown away. I I listened to the sample of it, and I was saying on the Scripturian Society, I was like, I had no idea that the audiobook, that she recorded her own audiobook, but it was awesome. And as the sample was amazing, the production value was fabulous. She's obviously, she she must have just read her own work aloud so often that she became an amazing reader, like a reader aloud, or maybe she she always had that talent. She has an interesting cadence. It Mm -hmm. took me a little bit to get into it, but then, like, after a while... I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Obvi- I mean, obviously, I, it, every, when I saw it was read by the author, I was like, wait, this is so I know, great. I this love This is like that. what you want from an autobiography. Yeah, um, exactly. But, and then I knew that, like, she was saving it the way she might have remembered it or something. So yeah. it like, felt more real. Um, anyway. Crazy. So, but while I was listening to, <laughs> there's a lot of great quotes, but then while I was listening, I just, for some reason, I was like, that's so beautiful. And I, like, bookmarked it, and then I Uh found it again later. So this is, like, right before the uh, graduation, and she was so excited for it. But I just love the way this was written. I thought it was very sweet. Um, 
She says, I hope the memory of that morning would never leave me. Sunlight was itself still young, and the day had none of the insistence maturity would bring it in a few hours. In my robe and barefoot in the backyard, under cover of going to see about my new beans, I gave myself up to the gentle warmth and thanked God that no matter what evil I had done in my life, he had allowed me to live to see this day. Somewhere in my fatalism, I had expected to die accidentally and never have the chance to walk up the stairs in the auditorium and gracefully receive my hard-earned diploma. Out of God's merciful bosom, I had one reprieve. <laughs> it's just such a sweet way to talk about graduating from eighth grade. <laughs> I was like, it's oh, so she's sweet. just like 12 years old. And she's like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> and she's like, the- I love sunlight was itself still young. And the day had none of the insistence maturity would bring in a few hours. I know. What I a sentence. That line too. I know. I remember that one, too, because I was like, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I love great. That. Love it. Um, My quote is, um, God, I loved this quote so much. Uh, Without willing it, I had gone from being ignorant of being ignorant to being aware of being aware. And the worst part of my awareness was that I didn't know what I was aware of. I knew I knew very little, but I was certain that the things I had yet to learn wouldn't be taught to me at her high school at the time. And I was like, (gasps) wow. Oh, my God. That's really good. Yeah. I think it's amazing. (laughs) Why am I crying? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, being ignorant of being ignorant is that that is the state of being that we refer to as ignorance is bliss. Being aware <laughs> that you're aware, actually, this is where I think people get it wrong, because I think some people are like, well, I'm aware that I don't know everything, so therefore I do know everything. And I'm like, no, no, you're aware that you're aware, but you don't know all the things that you're still unaware of. And now you're aware of that. And it's horrifying. And you feel it's very like- stupid. <laughs> feels insurmountable yeah right? exactly you shouldn't be like wow i'm so smart that i know and that i'm ignorant her having to be like well now i'm just gonna have to teach myself or learn from other people like nobody's yep. going to strategically teach me things it's like now life is teaching me that's yep. really scary too but yes, exciting it is i completely wow. agree. completely agree uh what i guess lessons did we learn from maya's life I mean, it's weird because it's an autobiography. Yeah, it's like, what did Maya herself teach us? Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, we kind of talked about a lot of I feel of them, like we I did. I mean, it's not, the lessons in this are not veiled because it's a coming of age story. So everything yeah, that Maya and, learns, you learn along with her in this, like, autobiography. So. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> I don't know why I'm blanking. I'm, like, You're not crying. blanking because I, like, le- I feel that I've. I, <laughs> it would be crazy to be like, sorry, I didn't learn any lessons from my know why the cage person. I but know. it's also hard to like point them all out like in a. Um, it's overwhelming almost. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hard to. Ca- I also am like, I don't. What if I like get the wrong lesson or I misquote a lesson from Maya? Because I feel like that would be like an agreement. <laughs> yeah, because she's she's well. a real person. This is her real life. Yeah. So it's like harder to pinpoint. But harder to pinpoint, I feel yeah. like one of the things that autobiographies in general but also that specifically this one that Maya also I think um you know is aware of for sure but mm-hmm. is like everybody's kind of got their own thing happening and you don't really know what their life experience has been and you yeah. can't really like judge what people do necessarily based on your limited experience with them yeah it's like kind of an awareness like what you're talking about becoming aware of people like yeah yeah but then it's also hmm, i don't know i mean i guess that there's there's something to occasionally i feel like she she just chooses to go after something 
purely because she wants to prove to herself that she can achieve it or make it. So, like, she Mm -hmm. decided she was just going to live on the street for a month just to prove to herself that she could. She decided that she was going to work on a trolley. (laughs) Right. Just because she was determined that she was going to work on a trolley. And mm-hmm. I, there's something to be said for that, to picking worthwhile tasks and just pushing for them full force, you know, just to prove to yourself that you can. Mm-hmm. And even if you, you know, succeeded, then you fail. You, you tried or even if you never, you know, attempted, but you actually gave it your all. Well, now you know what your all is, you know, so you can kind of like gauge for the next thing that you want to try, you know. So I guess there's something mm-hmm. to that. She definitely did that several times. Um, I guess if you really care about yeah, something, go totally. all in, you know. If you put your all into it, <laughs> there's no such thing as failing, you know. Yeah, so. at least you'll learn something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot there's to be lot. learned. There's a lot. Dear readers, what did, what did you, you learn? learn? <laughs> yeah, what did y'all learn from this book? I'm still kind of like absorbing some of it, I think. I know. You know, it's like. Yeah, so we had three some of weeks it's very this, intense. basically, and I finished it last night. Yeah, okay, same. I finished it today. I was yeah. listening while I was working. <laughs> yeah, but I was also like, I want to like really like read it and like comprehend it and that's yeah me too i could have finished it earlier than last night but i didn't want to just like rush through and skim so right but um i guess how many pinkies i'm glad i read it yeah i mean Um, it's an autobiography so it's kind of weird so i guess from a purely writing perspective how many pinkies from a writing perspective this is a five pinky book i think for me i agree i mean five like it's always like whenever everyone's like, oh, it's so good. And then you're like, okay, I'm sure it's like good, but it's probably not as good as everyone says. But I'm like, no. Of no, it, it was, it was like, better. <laughs> yeah, I should have known it was going to be. There were no and birds, but you know what? It still no surpassed expectations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's always just so interesting to read about. Interesting and alarming sometimes and like sad to read mm-hmm. about things. That, I mean, she literally could still be alive she was 86 when she died Mm -hmm. i mean she'd be old but it's like within a lifetime like things were this bad (laughs) you know what i mean like and not everything was bad but like Mm -hmm. some parts of her life was when she was young were very intense and like the racism was insane like it's just sad that it was within such a short amount of time ago but it's also good that like you know obviously everyone you know you you have to keep working at things but yeah well I think the fact that we read something that took place literally like not even a whole lifetime ago and we read it and for the most part I think most of us go oh my god that's horrifying I can't believe people treated each other like that that's 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 good good. that we've changed that much impressive (laughs) that we that we did that on the whole as a culture, not that we've come all the way, you know, I know we're still working on stuff as a society. Right, exactly. But that we've come that but, far is actually kind of awesome. Like, yeah, it's, I'm yeah. glad that uh, it's <laughs> way better than it was. Gee, I'm you glad know. we're not that bad anymore. <laughs> I'm Lesson glad learned. Not <laughs> we're but not as is... bad as people used to be. <laughs> on the oh, whole, God. not as bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the whole, we've improved but, some. But, you know. Well, Part of I that is because um, of people like Maya who exactly. like champion things mm-hmm. that she cared about and obviously like human rights and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like people like her who worked really hard to get us to where we are. Yeah, so it's that's true. great. 
I agree. And I think it was also hugely because she chose to tell her own stories, her own personal stories, not just like the stories of her people or the stories of people she knew who had gone through adversity. Because I think that that's more, I think that's what a lot of us would go to first if we were like, oh, I want to, you know, make a change. I want to like communicate something important. So we would write something fiction or we would maybe talk about something someone else has gone through or talk about something from like a broader perspective. Right. But she like, she poured out the every detail of her own personal life and her experiences. And that's what made it so real, I think, to so many people who probably hadn't even realized that they had participated in this horrible, broken, cruel system until they realized how the tiniest, most mundane of their, like, daily, you know, actions and reactions to people was contributing to, you know, experiences of kids like her. And so, I mean, I think that that's amazing. The awareness that she brought to people. (laughs) Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you're telling your own story, that's like when it's going to be the most powerful, I think, honestly. And like people are more like yours, I guess is what you're saying, but I'm just adding, I guess. No, continue. I I love when um... you support my points. (laughs) Continue (laughs) to tell me how right I am, Kendall. (laughs) It was a great point. Thank Um, you. But like, um, I think that, well, for me, but also I think for most people, you kind of are more willing to listen to um, personal stories. Like, yeah. it makes things feel more real. Like, yeah. if instead of being like, racism was bad, or racism yeah. is bad, but, you know, like, yeah. racism contributed yeah. to people's lives in a very negative way and still has. Yeah. But instead of being like, just, you know, in a broad sense, you can yeah. be like, oh, yeah, in this way is in this how very it contributed. Way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's also, there's a power in telling the truth about your own life where people can dislike it. People can even disagree with your own conclusions about your life, but they can't say, well, that didn't happen. That's not true. Yeah. Unlike, you, even if you write a commentary, you know, and you want to write an, an article that says, the sky is blue and here's why I think so. Guess what? Someone is going to find something to argue with you about, about the sky being blue. And it doesn't really right. matter if it's true or not, because people are going to find a way to argue. Because you're not telling your own personal experience. That's something that they can technically argue about. It doesn't right. make them very smart to do so. Absolutely not. But people can't tell you how your own life went. They so don't true, know. Bestie. So, so true. I think, yeah. It just, there, there's like a level of not protection against criticism, but like, Basically, no one can call you out and say that's not accurate, essentially, right. to your experience. Like, actually, it was because it was my experience. Actually, yeah, it was, exactly. yeah, it was accurate to my experience because it was my own experience. And no one can tell you right. that it wasn't. So and so see, I, you're I like so much that. more eloquent than me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, see uh, what book said I like. And you're like, oh, really? This all <laughs> I'm eloquent, thank you. I like God. This is I'll just you for Ash. <laughs> I'm just gonna work on the Lost podcast, and you can take this one over, and it'll oh, be better. Oh God! I feel like I haven't been very eloquent, and it might also be because I just finished reading this book by Maya Angelou, perhaps the most <laughs> eloquent woman who ever existed. And so I'm like, I, my, like, I don't know any words. I I don't have words. There's no words. Yeah, it has been really hard to just like string together a sentence. And I actually had some sincere anxiety going into recording this episode because I was like, what if I can't do talking about this book justice? Because the book itself is written in such amazing like language and communicated so well. I'm like, what can I possibly have to add to this conversation? What do I add to I know why the cage bird sings? Like, sorry. like (laughs) Me who was like, where are all the birds? (laughs) 
I added a laugh, hopefully. You guys are welcome. A laugh at my ignorance. I'm aware that I'm ignorant, though. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not proud of it, but I, I am aware of it. And we are aware that we have much more to learn. Mm-hmm. So we keep coming back to awareness. Yes, awareness. Uh, <laughs> oh god yeah but anyways so that's um oh, great we everything we've got for i know why the cage bird sings yeah See, um, thank you guys for being here yeah thank you guys for uh <laughs> putting up with all of our there no one's here it's an empty that room weird why did i say that i know I don't know. you're like thank you for being with us today. i was like trying to fill this space. Literally, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here today. Ooh, but you know what we're doing um, for our Valentine's Day episode? It's coming out on on the 13th of February, if you guys are I thought I did, but now I don't know. I mean, you gasped like you did. King of Scars by Lee Bardugo. Yes, with Haley. Is Haley going to join us? Is Pop Nurse going to? Haley is joining us, yes. Hells yeah. I'm so excited. many, many thoughts. Um, So we're going to have to buckle in and hope that we don't disagree with her too badly or else she'll be upset. Oh, no. Does she have really strong opinions? (laughs) Does she have, like, weird opinions? I don't know. See, I don't know because I haven't. No, I didn't. No, super strong. I have. You're like she has stupid. She opinions. has stupid opinions. Let me tell you. Uh, no, but like I, I haven't read it, so I don't know if her opinions are weird or not. Like, <laughs> trying. Well, we're gonna find out. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So I'm super yeah. psyched. It'll be so, fun uh, either way. King of Scars is the one that follows Nikolai, correct? Yeah, Nikolai. Book. Yes. Which we we all loved Nikolai because how I mean, couldn't you? So yeah, he's a king. Yeah, from Shadow oh also Haley already took off for Shadow and Bone season two release date. So Heck he yes. was like, "So are we having another party?" And I was, or I said, "Are we having another party?" And she was like, "Of course we are." And I was like, "Oh okay, fantastic." <laughs> so mark it down. We're having another party. <laughs> okay, I need to look up when it's being released, but that works perfectly for me. I know it's a long drive, but if we want to watch on my giant TV, y'all are always welcome to come over here. <gasps> okay, great. we can watch on the I'll giant TV. Know. And I did just add luster dust to my <laughs> to my grocery list because I want my drinks to sparkle. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I do recommend that you go listen to our insanely long <laughs> Shadow and Bone episodes <laughs> that we recorded in season yeah. one. It goes Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, Ruin and Rising. Um each of, was it each of which no, just the last one. So we covered uh, Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, and then pod nurse Haley joined us for Ruin and, and Rising, Rising, correct? Yeah. And it was spectacular. She's also joined us for Falling Kingdoms, which was fantastic. But if you guys <laughs> haven't, you don't, it's not like a precursor. You're not going to miss anything if you haven't read those books, but they are like in the series where we meet Nikolai, which is what King of Scars mm-hmm. is about. So if you guys like the Grishaverse and all that stuff, you guys should go check out those yeah. episodes. But um, I'm super jazzed about this. So that'll <laughs> come out fun. two weeks from when this one comes out. Yeah. We know you guys are on the edge of your seats. If you <laughs> made it this far, <laughs> you, you didn't uh, turn off the podcast by now. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything we've got for you guys. So uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode um, and or you just didn't hate it, too much <laughs> if you wouldn't mind leaving us five stars that would be amazing it would be wonderful we love to see all the yeah. reviews also it really does help us um because you know we get the better ratings and then they boost our pod to more people and we grow the book club more which is very very fun um but also the the biggest way that podcasts grow and have always grown is word of mouth so if you guys know some reader friends um whether they're super into podcasts or whether they say they hate podcasts tell them that we exist and that we would love for them to join the club and um just you know 
grow the book club. It is a book club and we love hearing from you guys. So you guys can also message us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We are That Pretentious Book Club. You can also email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com. That's our production company. And you can also go to that website and you guys can look at all of our cool merch. Um, so that's fun. And also the more that you guys, the more followers we get on Instagram, um, the more giveaways we do, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. yeah so I just and packed up our- we do good ass giveaways, We do. I was like cry drooling over the gift Ugh. box today because I, I packed it up beautifully. I, I like taped it all up. I wrote the, our winner's address and I was like- well, you're off to the post office now. <laughs> and I I sit Goodbye. here with none of this cool bookish merch. Oh. But we do cool stuff from like independent artists and we get like cool like crafty book stuff and it is awesome. So mm-hmm. the more followers we get, the more giveaways we do. So if that's something that you guys are into, then um, just know we will absolutely do it again. Uh, mm-hmm. We might mm-hmm. do it sooner or later just depending on how much interest there is. So yeah, I feel like I've rambled enough. So, no, uh, that's good. Thank you. All pertinent information. Yes, it was pertinent, you guys. I promise. Uh, <laughs> hey, who I, do you call pertinent? <laughs> I, by the way, I always love when someone's described as pert in a book. Pert. It's always said as an as an insult, and I'm like, I love this for us, <laughs> for me and whatever the main character is that got, that got called pert. Don't know why. Pert. Love it. Pert. Anyways, um, that's all we've got for you guys. We hope that you stay pert and um. <laughs> teacups full your pinkies high and your book club pretentious (laughs) goodbye goodbye